Good afternoon. Welcome. So when I do, turns into I don't. The wows of the vows. Thank you all for tuning in to Can We Talk About It Live. I am Elder Serena Holloway, and I bring you greetings from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so on last week, we talked about Habakkuk. Amen. We talked about um, how you are able to, you know, talk to the Lord about your concerns and learning how to not complaining and murmuring, but being able to take your concerns to the Lord in prayer concerning the things that are happening. Where's my other thing? Concerning the things that are happening, you know, in this world today. Amen. And so sometimes we, we really don't understand, you know, what's happening and everything. And so and I was like, why she got that scarf around her neck? Because for one, I've not cut my heat on in my house yet. I feel like it's not time. So my air is still on. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, my air is still on because I just don't feel like it's time to cut the heat on. We've still been having some, you know, some good days and, you know, and stuff like that. So that's why I still have it on. So anyway, and so, and my hair is just doing the most and... I don't understand what's happening with, with, with what's happening and what's going on. But um, as I've said before, as I stated before, um, um, we're at home doing our pre-records because CTV, you know, they are pretty small. And so we are uh, um, practicing social distancing because of COVID-19 and, you know, we're all in this pandemic. And so we want to keep everybody safe. Amen. So we want to keep everybody safe. So. Um, I want to go ahead and move on in our in our lesson today, um, and I pray that you um, have been um, following thus far. Like I don't know how much have y'all watched, or if this is your first one. If it is your first one, I still pray that um, you're able, to, you're getting what you need, basically out of it. You're getting what you need. And so, um, we'll just go ahead and give a quick prayer. Lord God, I just thank you for those that are on, um, that's watching on today. Continue to go into their homes and give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of your word. And Lord God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And Lord God, as we walk through Habakkuk, Lord God, we will understand that Habakkuk had questions and the Lord gave answers. And so, God, we ask you to continue to allow us to bring our questions of concerns to you, not so much um, complaints and not so much of, um, you know, what we don't understand, but our concerns to you so that we can understand your way and why you do what you do concerning our, our issues, our struggles, our marriages. So, God, I thank you on today, and I bless your name, and I glorify you. God, we know that you are our creator. You know that we know that you're our banner, you're our strength, you're our refuge. You're our, our will in the middle of the will. And so, God, we thank you for just being God all by yourself. So, um, continue to cover us, continue to lead us, continue to guide us. And, Lord, God, look on me. Continue to um, decrease in me as you increase. And, God, I thank you because I want you to get the glory out of my story so that I can let others know that through my experiences and through my testimonies that they will also receive healing um healing and restoration as well so god we thank you and we love you and jesus and we pray amen and so um as you see um when i do tell the two i don't the wows of the vows um 
which is um, you can make it um, as long as you have Jesus Christ for the love of God, for the love of one another that you have within yourselves, but through the word of God. You can make it. You can make it in your marriage. If You, you can push through, but through your faith, through your patience, through deliverance, through understanding, but most importantly, the love that you have for one another in your marriage. And so we're going to go ahead and continue to go on or move forward in this as well. I know that um, today is, what is today? The day is November the 28th. I do believe the day is November the 28th. And so, um, yes, the day is November the 28th. And so we're going to continue to walk this through this series through December, through the end of the year, because I just feel like um, this year has been trying for a lot of us, especially marriages, relationships, because of the pandemic, because of COVID, because of the social distancing, because of we're limited to where we can go, we're limited to what we can do. And so it can become a little frustrating, you know, it can be a little challenging. And so and everything that's going on in the world. If listen, 2020 has been 2020. I don't. I don't think that um, anything could compare to this year alone. So we're gonna go ahead and move forward. And I talked to you all last last week um, about Habakkuk. But before I go into that, we talked about um, Matthew chapter seven um, about. Um, um, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. And so, so I'm going to go back and I'm going to read Matthew chapter 7 and I'm going to read through 12. And then we'll go through ask, knock, and seek. So last week we talked about, um, we were so much about asking, but we're going to deal with the three, the ask, the seek, and the knock. And if we know that ask, seek, and knock means ask. So uh, Matthew chapter 7, starting at the first verse, judge not that ye be not judged. For with, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote and that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pour out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in your own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of your own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Verse 6 says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Verse 8 says, For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. For what man is there of you whom it is his son as bread? Will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Verse 12 says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do you even so to them, for this is the law and the prophet. And I wanted to use this particular passage of scripture because husband or wife or both may feel like they don't have to show respect. They don't have to treat their spouse with respect. They don't have to do good to their to their spouse. They don't have to treat them fairly. They don't have to do right by them. But Jesus said 
that we are to treat others as we choose to be treated. We are to do to others as we choose to be done to, which means if you want respect, you have to be the first one to give the respect. If you want to be treated fairly, you have to treat others fairly. If you feel like this needs to be done, then you need to be doing those things as well. But because we're husband and wife, some of us feel like that we don't have to do that. We don't have to respect our wives. We don't have to respect our husbands. Um, but that's not the word of God. He didn't put a stipulation on who should be treated fairly or who shouldn't. Amen. So I wanted to um, talk about this. And then, of course, the word um, the word ask means to call on. Um, for an answer. It means to make a request. It means to seek information. Seek means to find, to seek an answer, to search for something or someone. Seek also means to ask. Knock means to hit against, to make a pounding noise. It, it also means a harsh and often petty criticism, or it also means not to open. Amen. And so in this particular passage of scripture, we have to understand that whatever we need in our marriage to be done, all we have to do is ask. We have to seek the Lord. And then we have to knock on whatever that we need to open. So if we need a door of opportunity to open, we need to knock. If we need a door of prayer, we need to knock. Do we need a door of joy? Then we need to knock. If we need the door to a peace to open, we need to knock. So whatever that you're needing, from the Lord, it is best to just knock, seek, and ask. Amen. So Habakkuk, his thing was that um, he had struggle and doubt. And because he had struggle and doubt, he asked God why the people of Judah were not being punished for their sin. And so and sometimes we'll ask those questions concerning our marriage. Why our marriage can't be like their marriage? Or why must I go through things in my marriage? Why must I struggle through depression because of my marriage? Why must I stay in this marriage because my husband or my wife are committing uh, infidelity or they're not sharing their finances or they're not help taking care of the kids or, or any excuse or anything that's happening? Why we are always asking why? And so sometimes we're going to the wrong people. Sometimes we're not getting the right advice. And so it'll cause us to go to ungodly people or unbelievers and, and we will receive the wrong advice. And so when we receive the wrong advice, we don't make the right choices. We don't carry out the right decisions. Amen. So in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see, he said, O oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And that would not hear, even cry out unto, the, unto you of violence. And that would not say, why doest thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance for spoiling and violence are before me. And there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore, the law is slack and judgment doeth never go forth for the wicked do for the wicked doeth compass about the righteous. Therefore, wrong judgment proceedeth. But the Lord answered Habakkuk in verse five. He says this, behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously for our work a work in your days which ye will not believe though it be told you for lo he said for lo i raise up the chaldeans that bitter and hasty nation which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs 
They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses also are swifter than the leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves. And their horsemen shall spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from far. They shall fly as the eagle that hastes to eat. They shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind, and they shall gather the captivity as the sand, and they shall scuff at the kings, and the princes shall be a scorn unto them. They shall they shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and take it. Verse 11 says, God continues to say this, Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over in offense imputing this his power unto his God. So God begins to ask Habakkuk right there. And in order for God to answer Habakkuk's question, you have to understand that God already knows what's going on. He knows he already knows what's happening. Listen to this. God responds to Habakkuk's question and concerns by stating that he will yet do unbelievable acts that will glorify himself. When circumstances around us become almost unbearable, we wonder if God has forgotten us. But remember, God is in control. He has a plan and he will judge evildoers in his time. If we are truly humble, we will be willing to accept God's answers and await his timing. And that's what sometimes you have to understand in your marriages. When your marriage is, is taking a shift, when your marriage has taken a backseat, when your when your marriage has been hit financially, when it has been hit with control, when it has been hit with verbal abuse, when it has been hit with physical abuse, when it has been hit with any sort of abuse, when your marriage has taken a shift and you don't understand what has taken place, you can take those concerns to God and God will answer you when you have a concern. He will answer you when you're not understanding. He will answer you when, when you feel like you're about to lose your mind. He will answer you when you feel like your marriage is not going to come back together. God will answer you when you seek him. And when you ask him why things are the way that they are, but you got to go to God respectfully. You got to go to him prayerfully. You got to go to him with just the utmost respect. You can't go to him complaining and complaining and whining and why is this and, and this is what he is doing. This is what she is doing. Because here's the thing, if you're going to God and you're going to him righteously, if you're going to him um, respectfully, if you're going to God um, with no hidden agenda, with no hidden intent, if you are going to God openly and honestly about your concerns concerning your husband or concerning your wife, when it comes to your marriage, then however God chooses to respond, you must accept the response that God gives you because he's speaking to your concern. He's speaking to your hurt. He's speaking to your mind. He's speaking to your struggle. He's speaking to your doubts. He's speaking to your misunderstandings. He's speaking to the, the unbearable trial and tribulation that you are dealing with inside of your marriage. But I want to tell you on today that if it's unbearable, you have to also understand that it's doable. It's doable. 
you can handle the situation when you give it over to the Lord. You can pray about the situation when you give it over to the Lord. You can have peace and joy and, and, um, and, and, and comfort in knowing that you have taken your concerns over unto the Lord. Because First Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all of your cares upon the Lord because he continually cares for you. You have to understand that if Jesus carried his own cross, he can carry your burdens. Because he not only carried that cross for himself, but he carried that cross for you and he carried that cross for me. And he carried that cross for marriages. He carried that cross for relationships. He carried that cross because he wanted to let us know that he was also a mere human being who walked this earth and he endured some stuff. He had faced some stuff. He was, he was doubted by Thomas. He was denied by Peter. He was betrayed by Judas. So you have to understand that he knows our ins and outs. He knows our hurts and struggles. He knows. And because he knows, there's nothing wrong with taking your concerns and taking them to the Lord in prayer. There's nothing wrong with, wrong with holding your peace and allowing the Lord to fight your battles. Amen. And so you have to understand that God told the inhabitants of Jerusalem that they would be uh, astounded at what he was about to do. That people would see a series of unbelieving events. But here's what I want you to understand. One, our own independent and prosperous kingdom, Judah would suddenly become a vessel, a vessel, a vessel nation. Egypt too. Egypt, a world power for centuries, will be crushed almost overnight. Three, Nineveh, the capital of Assyrian Empire, would be so completely ransacked that people would forget where it had been. And four, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, would rise to power. Though these words were indeed astounding, the people saw them fulfilled during their lifetime and what you have to understand is when he said when he responded to um Habakkuk in verse 5 he said behold you among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days which will you will not believe though it be told to you and could you imagine people say man you would not even believe it if I told you you would not even believe it if you didn't understand it you wouldn't even, even believe it if I began to break this thing to you and, and told you how God worked this thing out, how God turned this thing around, how God worked this out in my favor. Even in my marriage, my husband and I went through a horrible separation from 2004 to 2006. And mind you, I don't know everything that took place. And he doesn't know everything that took place of either events and both sides of our, my side and his side. But God worked a miraculous miracle. It was nobody but God that brought our marriage back together again. But yes, we had to go through some trial and tribulation. Yes, we had to go through some stuff. Yes, we had to cut some people off. Yes, we endured some hardship. Yes, we endured some financial backlash. Yes, we lost some friends. Yes, we lost some family members. Yes, we lost some respect. Yes, we lost some honesty. Yes, we both lost our minds. But God, he kept us. 
in spite of our failures, in spite of our mistakes, in spite of our setbacks, in spite of the, uh, in spite of the backslide, God turned this thing around for his glory, for our purpose and our plan in him for such a time as this, for where I am right now to let you know that sometimes when you are hit, it's going to hurt. When you are pushed, you're going to fall. When trials and tribulations, when the storms of life come through, you're going to sway. You're going to sway. But even in that, God will keep you. Because he said in his word in Hebrews 13 and 5, he said, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You have to understand that we walk away from God because of trial and tribulation. We walk away from God because we don't see things changing. We walk away from God because things don't look like they did when they first came about. We walk away from God. God doesn't walk away from us. He separates himself from us because of sin. But God is always there for us to turn back from sin, for, 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 uh, for us to repent from sin, to ask for forgiveness. He is always there. And when we just reach out and ask him to forgive us, to seek him for guidance. And when we begin to knock on the door of heaven, because we are, we are repenting and we're asking for forgiveness and we are seeking God again because we have to understand that in Jeremiah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, Jeremiah um, says, and I, I want to say it might be in 33, but I don't think it's Jeremiah 33, but I could be wrong. Um, let's see. Um, no, it might be, I want to tell you right, but um, maybe it's 30, no, um, Lordy, 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 um, I want to say it is 30, but I want to tell you right, so let's see. Let me go here because I want to give you the right scripture. Y'all know how I do. I want to make sure I tell you right. Um, let's see. Let's see. I know y'all might have this idea. Um, Let's see. Well, yes, 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 yes. So I was close to three, but it's Jeremiah 3 and 14. <laughs> Jeremiah 3 and 14. So, yes, thank you, Jesus. So listen to what he says in, in Jeremiah chapter 3, um, verse 14. He says, turn. O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and will take you one of a city, 
and two of her family. And I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you pastures according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And what you have to understand is that is what God wants us to have. He wants us to have knowledge and understanding. He wants us to turn back to him. And sometimes we marry the person that we want to marry, even though God might have told us not to marry that person. Because you got to understand that it was God who told Jeremiah not even to take a wife. So, but some of us, we don't want to be lonely. We don't want, we, we want companionship. We want, we want to be with someone we want to share our life with. But what happens when we take matters into our own hands? Then we, 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 we disregard the warning because the scripture tells us, um, and I want to say it, it tells us in um, Proverbs 16 and 18, I believe it is. Let me see. Proverbs 16 and 18, I believe it is. Um, and I might have that backwards, 16 and 18, or it might be 18 and 16, but let me see. But I think it's Proverbs 16 and 18. It is. Proverbs 16 and 18 says, pride go up before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And this is what you have to understand. It says, proud people take little account of their weaknesses and do not anticipate stumbling blocks. They think they are above the frailties of common people. In this state of mind, they are easily tripped up. Ironically, proud people seldom realize that pride is their problem. Although everyone around them is well aware of it. Ask someone you trust whether self-satisfaction has blinded you to warning signs he or she may help you avoid a fall and so many times we're only bringing you wisdom and instruction and direction because pride brings a fall because we don't want to humble ourselves and just admit we made a mistake but even in the midst of you knowing that you made a mistake you can always go back to God and say, God, I missed it. God, I made a mistake. God, I need your forgiveness, but I don't want to leave my husband and I don't want to leave my wife because you said marriage is forever. It's a covenant with you. So God, I didn't put you in my marriage. I didn't listen to you. God, I did things wrong. I said things wrong. I, I didn't handle the situation. I wasn't the head of my my household. Or the wife is saying that I didn't um, uh, cover my husband in prayer. I, I didn't submit to my own husband. I, I didn't take care of the kids. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. So God, now that we're in this place, I need you to forgive us so that we can walk according to the word of God. So now when you go through that and you're going to God and you're letting him know all of your failures, all of your faults, the things that you did, the things that didn't happen, now you can ask the Lord. Now you can bring your questions of concerns to God. God, how do I walk right according to my marriage? 
Lord, what do I need to do from here? God, can you show me what's next? Or can you just give me what I need to know so that I can follow the word? I can follow you, that I can pick up my cross and follow you. God, bring somebody to me. Or God, can you bring somebody to me that will give me the right word, that will give me the right advice, that will give me the right teaching and what I need? Just like Nathan and David. David had to bring an analogy. Nathan had to bring an analogy to David for David to recognize that he was the man when Nathan said, David, you're the man. You're the man that did this. You're the man that took something from someone. You're the man that took wives that did not belong to you. You're the man that committed murder. You're the man that lied. You're the man that did this. And now everything that with everything that you have done, it's going to come through your house. It's going to come through your children. It's going to come through your finances. Even though David was a man after God's own heart, only because, only because, God had, I mean, David had to record. David was a man that recognized repentance and how he had to always ask for forgiveness. Amen. Please forgive me for that small little moment. But right, as I remind y'all that my grandson is home doing virtual online until he goes back to school on Monday. And so, you know, I, I explained you know, he's autistic, but he's he's such a special, special little man. Um, but anyway, and so that's what I want you to understand that in our marriages, you know, they're not perfect, but they can be perfect in God. God can perfect those things concerning our marriages. He can perfect those things concerning our wives. He can per, 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 perfect those things concerning our husbands. But just like he said in Matthew chapter 19, that husband is for a male and female. So even if you're watching this and you're married and you're in a same-sex marriage, God is not honoring that marriage because it goes against his laws of marriage. It goes against the morals of nature. And so it's not, now listen, now God loves everybody. He does. He loves everybody, but he hates to sin. So sometimes when we're talking about homosexuality, or we're talking about murders, or we're talking about liars, or we're talking about backbiters and gossipers and, and those who sow division and those who sow discord, it's all still sin. When you have hate in your heart, when you when you're walking in disobedience, when you're when you have strife and contention in your heart, it's still sin. It's still sin. But that now that's a lesson on a whole nother day. Amen. But I want to get you all to understand that God honors marriages when it's between a, a woman and a man. And you can read that over in Matthew chapter 19 In Matthew chapter 19, um, where he stated in verse four, and he answered and said to them, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this call shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God have joined together, let no man put us under. That means nobody should separate us. 
And even our husbands and our wives, should, we should not cause our own separations either. We should not allow things that come into our homes or come into our marriage or come upon our husband or come upon our wife to bring division, to bring discord, to bring a separation. Amen. So the next question that, um, the next question that Habakkuk asked, amen. The next question, and Habakkuk had a second question, and he asked, Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? You shall not die. O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment. In Almighty God, thou hast established them for correction. Verse 13 says, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, excuse me, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore, lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he, and makest men as the fishes of the sea, as the creeping things that have no ruler over them. They take up all of them with the angle. They catch them in their net and gather them in their drag. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad. Therefore, they sacrifice unto their net and burn incense unto their drag. Because by them, their portion is fat and their meat plenteous. 17 says, shall they therefore empty their net and not spare continually to slay the nations? That was Habakkuk's second question. But listen to what the Lord begins to say to um, the, uh, Habakkuk. But listen to what um, number verse 11. Let me go back to verse 11 where it says, Then shall his mind change. This is what the Lord is saying to Habakkuk. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing this his power unto his God. It's a little g. Okay? So the Babylon was proud of its military might, strategies, armies, and weapons, with no regard for humanity. The armies brought home riches, booty, slaves, and, tri and tribute from the nations they plundered. Such is the essence of idolatry, asking the gods we make to help us get, it all, get all we want. The essence of Christianity is asking the God who made us to help us give all we can and service to him, the big G, okay? Where it says the Christianity is asking the big G who made us to help us give all we can and service to him. The goal of idolatry is self-glory. The aim of Christianity is God's glory, okay? So you have to understand. So if you, if you want self-glory, you're in self-righteousness. But if you want, if, if, but if you want God to get the glory of your story, then you're going to be led and guided by God. You're not going to turn to idolatry. You're not going to let your husband. Um, you're not going to idolize your husband. You're not going to idolize your wife. You're not going to idolize your marriage. You're not going to idolize the things materialistic. You're going to serve God with your whole heart with your whole might. You're gonna put God first, big G, in your marriage first. But what happens is we get married to our husbands or we get married to our wives and we forget about the big G. We forget about the big G and we allow our husband or our wives to be our little G. 
and we allow them to pull us away from the big G God. We allow them to pull us out of the house of God. We allow them to pull us away from the uh, prayer. We allow them to pull us away from reading our word. We allow them to pull us into a, a, a world of sin and iniquity. We allow them to pull us away from righteousness, away from truth. And we allow them to do that because we've made them our little G God. But when you have a relationship with the big G God, then you're going to allow your father in heaven to protect you, to provide for you, to lead you and guide you, to make sure that whatever decision that you make concerning your husband or your wife and your marriage, you're going you're gonna to put God first. It's God is first. Husband, wife, children. That's the order that you all need to understand. And I have, I saved that to my phone so that I can let y'all understand, let y'all see. Um, let me see if I can find it because um, I saved it to my phone. Let me find it. Yes, here it is. Christ is first. The husband is second. The wife is then the children. Christ is the head of the household. The husband is to protect family, lead the family, provide for family. The wife is to comfort, teach, and nurture. Children is to love parents and obey parents. This is the biblical order of the family. And I want y'all to see that. Let's see. I want, I'm going to turn my light down because I want y'all to see. I want y'all to see that. I'm going to turn my light down so y'all can. Uh-oh. So y'all can see that. Can y'all see that? Probably not because of the light is too much. But y'all see that? Christ, husband, wife, parents. That's the order. That is the order that we are to be walking into when we are married. When we have a husband. When we're when we are the husband, we are the wife. That is the order to get so that we can be in line with Christ. Amen. So listen. So when I read verse 13, it says. Um, Habakkuk was talking to God and he was saying, Thou art of pure eyes than to behold evil and canst not look on iniquity. I remember the scripture, I think it was, where there's a scripture that says that God cannot even look on sin. And even when Jesus was on the cross, God had to turn his face away because he could not look or behold the, to see sin. Okay? It says, Judah's forthcoming punishment would be at the hands of the Babylonians. Habakkuk was appalled that God would use a nation more wicked than Judah for Judah's punishment. But the Babylonians did not know they were being used by God to help Judah return to him. And Babylon and the Babylon's pride in its victory in his and Babylon's pride in its victories would be its fall. Evil is self-destructive, and it is never beyond God's control. God may use whatever or whomever unusual instrument he chooses to correct us or punish us. When we deserve punishment or correction, how can we complain about the kind of rod God uses on us? That right there speaks for itself, because the main message is that Habakkuk couldn't understand why God seemed to do nothing about the wickedness in society 
then he realized, then Habakkuk realized that he is totally just. I'm sorry. Then he realized that faith in God alone will supply the answers to his questions because the importance of this main message was instead of questioning the ways of God, we should realize that he is totally just and we should have faith that he is in control and that one day evil will be utterly destroyed. So you have to understand that in marriages, you can't look at what another marriage is, is going through, or you can't look at another marriage and, and then ask questions, or well, why can't my marriage be like that? Or why can't my husband be that way? Or why can't that not be my wife? You don't know what they had to go through to get to that place. And you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Because some marriages is just a show. They're showing you that they're happy on the outside, but they're dying on the inside. They're showing you that things are great on the outside, but it's horrible on the inside. So what we do is we, we, we tend to look at what they have going on, and then we think that the, the grass is greener on the other side. Or we think that what they're doing is right and it's wrong. But because we feel like we're wrong and that's right, we find ourselves being confused and out of order. Because we're looking at somebody else and we're not looking towards the hills as it reads. And thank you for that scripture, Holy Spirit. Psalms 121. Let me read it to you. Psalms 121 says this. I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from which cometh my help and my and, and my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Verse three says, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon the right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the noon by night. Verse 7 says, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. Verse 8, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. So what I want you to understand is that we must depend upon God for help. Period. We have to understand that God is our protector, that God is our creator, and that he created everything. And because God created it all, he has control of it all. And if we find ourselves in, in destruction, and we find ourselves in some trial and tribulation, then we don't dig deeper into that. Sometimes we just got to, let me back up a little bit. Let me, let me, re, let me refocus. Okay, God. So much turmoil is happening. So much chaos is happening in my marriage. So much drama is happening. Infidelity then hit our home. Jobs have been lost. Children has gone crazy in these last few months, Lord. So God, I need you to bring everything back together. I need you to line everything back up, God. But in order for you to do that, what do I need to do? What does me and my husband need to do? What does me and my wife need to do? What do our children need to do? God, what are we missing? 
what's happening because everything around us is falling apart chaos destruction everything is going crazy what is it god hear my concerns not my complaints lord help me jesus lord hear my concerns not my complaints god show me as i'm looking unto the hills which cometh my help god i need your help i need your guidance i need your leadership skills god i need you i need you to come see about my marriage i need you to come see about my husband i need you to come see about my wife god i need you to come see about my children i need you to come see about my finances god i need you I don't know what's happening. I know I don't know what's going on, but God, I need you to re to take my focus and get me refocused to re-strategize, to rethink this thing. God, I've taken these matters into my own hands, but I've called more damage than good. That's how you begin to ask. That's how you begin to seek. That's how you begin to knock by seeking Jesus first. Why? Because Matthew, thank you, Jesus, because Matthew chapter 6, the 33rd, the 33rd verses, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 34 says, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall, shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So you have to understand this right here. Planning for tomorrow is time well spent. Worrying about tomorrow is time wasted. Sometimes it's difficult to tell the difference. Lord have mercy. Careful planning is thinking ahead about goals, steps, and schedules, and trusting in God's guidance. When done well, planning can help alleviate worry. The worrier, by contrast, is consumed by fear and finds it difficult to trust God. The worrier lets his plans interfere with his relationship with God. So don't let worries about tomorrow affect your relationship with God today. So you have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness means to turn to him first for help to fill your thoughts with his desires to fill your thoughts with decisions to take to the lord to take his character for your pattern and to serve and obey him in everything what is really important to you people objects goals and other desires all complete for priority. Any of these can quickly bump God out of the first place if you don't actively choose to give him first place in every area of your life. You have desires you want to see come to pass, take them to the Lord. You have goals that you want to meet, take them to the Lord. You have a plan to have a healthy marriage, take it to the Lord. And listen for his guidance. Because when you take it to God first and his righteousness, everything will be added unto you. It will line up. 
it will line up and it will be the hardest thing that you would that you would have to do first it will be the hardest thing so now chapter 2 Habakkuk 2 starting at the first verse the Lord now answered Habakkuk's second question when Habakkuk asked shall they therefore empty their nets and not spare continually to slay the nations and the Lord answered I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord, and this is now, this is, this is Habakkuk. This is what Habakkuk said in verse one. Habakkuk said, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Verse two said, and the Lord answered me and said, write a vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not, and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Verse 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. By your faith. Whatever you want to see happen in your marriage, write the vision. Whatever you want to see in your husband, whatever you want to see in your wife, whatever you want to see in you concerning your husband or concerning your wife, write the vision. Write the vision. Make it plain. It's not going to lie. It may take forever, but wait on the Lord. Because in the end, it shall speak. Because the just shall live by his faith. Okay? Listen to this. The watchman and watchtower, often used by the prophets to show an attitude of expectation. Of are pictures of Habakkuk's attitude of patient waiting and watching for God's response. Stone watchtowers were built on city walls or ramparts so watchmen could see people or see the enemies or messengers approaching their city while they were still at a distance. Watchtowers were also erected in vineyards to help guard the ripening grapes. Habakkuk wanted to be in the best position to receive God's message. So my question to you on today, are you in the best position to receive God's message? Are you in the best position? Are you are you in the best position? To hear God's answer. Are you in the best position? Are you in the best position to hear what God is saying? Are you still on the wall watching? Are you still in place watching? Are you still in position watching? If you're separated, you're not in position. If you're committing adultery, you're not in position. 
If you're mistreating your husband or your wife, you're not in position. To be in position is to be in line with the word of God and to be in the will of God. Amen. So you have to understand that this chapter records God's answers to Habakkuk's question. Number one, how long would evil prevail? That was the first question. The second question was, why was Babylon chosen to punish Judah? The third question, well, God answered that question. He said, God said that the judgment, though slow to come, was certain. Though God used Babylon against Judah, he was aware of Babylon's sins and would punish it in due time. Okay, so evil seems to have the upper hand in the world today. Evil in these marriages seem like they have the upper hand on today and today. Christians often feel angry and discouraged as they see what goes on in their marriage or in someone else's marriage. Habakkuk complained vigorously to God about it. God's answer to him is the same answer he would give us. Why is that? Because God's word does not lie. We got to be patient. We got to be patient. Habakkuk was saying, I will work out my plans in my perfect timing. It isn't easy to be patient, but it helps to remember that God hates sin even more than we do. Punishment of sin will certainly come. As God told Habakkuk, don't despair. To trust God fully means to trust him even when we, even when we can't trace him. To trust him even when we don't understand why events occur as they do. The wicked Babylonians trusted in themselves and would fall. But the just, the righteous, live because of their faith and trust in God. This verse has inspired countless Christians. Paul quotes it in Romans 1 and 17 and Galatians 3 and 11. The writer of Hebrew quotes it in 1038, just before the famous chapter on faith. And it is helpful to all Christians who must live through difficult times. Without seeing the outcome, Christians must trust that God is directing all things according to his purpose. And so you all have to understand that if God is for your marriage, who can be against your marriage? If God is for your husband, who can be against your husband? If God is for your wife, who can be against your wife? If God is for you, who can be against you? Greater is he than he that is greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. So you have to understand, you know what? And I want to read that to you all. Romans chapter 8. I want you to understand what he means by that. Listen. Romans chapter 8 says this. Um Romans 8:31. What shall we then say to these things? 
if God be for us, who can be against us? And first John, first John, let me get to where I need to be. And I want to say first John four. Um, I know where I'm at. Y'all bear with me because I want to give it to you right. Oh, no one, I'm in the wrong thing. I'm going to be in First John. I'm over here in, in Timothy. I'm like, now nah, I know. I know where I need to be. First John 4. And 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. So I want you to be encouraged. On next week, we're going to finish with uh, Habakkuk chapter 2. I already read 1 through 4. But next week, we're going to go further on into Habakkuk with, Lord, with the Lord's answer. We're going to be starting at Habakkuk 2, and we're going to start at the fifth verse. Amen. We're also going to be going, and I'll start out with Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 12. Because husband and wife needs to understand that, that, um, you can make it with Jesus Christ for the love that you have for one another, but through the word of God. Because whatever you want them to do for you, you must do it for them first. That is the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. And I wanted to bring this into clarity for marriages. I wanted to let husband and wives husbands and wives to know that you have to do it for one another as well you got to treat your wife with respect you got to teach your you got to treat your husband with respect you got to teach each other with respect and you know there's a there's a scripture um there is um titus i want to i want to go there i want to go there right quick because I want y'all to, I want, I want y'all to know this before. Let me see, do I have time? I got a few minutes. Titus 2. Listen. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and uh, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise. That they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not giving too much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. That the word of God be not blasphemed. And young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. And doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Amen. So be encouraged. We're going to be here again on next week. When I do turn it to I don't, the wives of the vows, husband and wives learning how 
to respect one another, giving each other the golden rule. Know that I love you. Know that I'm praying for you. This is Can We Talk About It Live. I'm Elder Serena Holloway. We're here next week, Saturday at 2 p.m. I will see you then. Know that I love you, but God loves you more.